Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, September 9th. We begin in the UK in a conversation with former journalist and business owner Kenny James. Kenny brings us reaction from London on the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Then we continue our coverage on the death of the Queen and the introduction of King Charles III. We discuss the legacy of the longest-serving monarch in history with Josh Trapto from the Monarchist League of Canada. Next is our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. We get the mayor's thoughts on the passing of Queen Elizabeth and hear details on her trip to California to attract more film and television productions to the city of Calgary. And finally, are they the updates we've been waiting for or a case of marketing and hype? We catch up with the gadget guy, Mike Yanni, for the lowdown on this week's Apple announcement, which includes a couple of new iPhone options and a new version of the Apple Watch. London Bridge is down. That is the code when Queen Elizabeth passed away yesterday at the age of 96 after 70 years on the throne. With details from the UK, we are joined by our friend Kenny James. He's a UK broadcaster and business owner. We haven't spoken to you in a while. Kenny, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Sue. A, a sad day for you, no doubt. How is How are the people of the UK feeling this morning do you think I, I can only imagine it was uh, you know we felt it here in Canada but even more powerful for you over there yeah as you can imagine Sue we're in a, a state of shock and reflection today um, there are very few people here in the UK that are old enough to remember when there was any other monarch uh, I'm sure you're feeling it over there too Justin Trudeau's tribute yesterday by the way to Queen Elizabeth was very well received here in the UK so people are shocked um, we knew it was going to come sooner or later but it, not this soon Obviously, we uh, had the news yesterday of her passing in Balmoral Castle in Aberdeen, uh, a far distance from Buckingham Palace, but I'm wondering where the major gathering point is at this point. Uh, is it around Buckingham Palace that we're hearing and, and seeing, Kenny? Yeah, we saw last night, Andy, thousands and, and tens of thousands of people flocking down to Buckingham Palace, um, and that will be the focal point for the next few days. Uh, there's still no information yet on plans for the funeral, uh, but uh, there will be a full state funeral, which is the first here in the UK since Winston Churchill died. Uh, her body will lie in state in Westminster before that. But immediate focus has been on Buckingham Palace. Kenny, for most of us, Queen Elizabeth is the only monarch that we have known in our lifetime. How are people speaking about her this morning as the news really starts to, to sink in? Uh, people are sharing stories, I think, Sue. They, they went to see her when she opened some events somewhere or she, she turned up in their, in their town in the many years that she's, that she's been on the throne over here. Uh, a surprising amount of younger people with a great deal of affection too, talking about you know, how much she meant to them and, and the respect that she commanded, particularly through the, the 90s and the zeros when she had some dark personal years with the Alice Hodless and that kind of thing. But the way she held her head high and, and always set out a, a great standard for, for people, her family to follow. It was on the Queen's shoulders to a certain extent, Kenny, as far as the changes that the monarchy went through. And, and here's a female, a queen doing it. Do, do you think that she's redefined how we view queens with her strength and longevity? I do, Andy. I think she, she redefined really uh, the standard that any monarch we have now of, from today, of course, King Charles III and Camilla is Queen Consort. And she, she redefined the way that a monarch uh, behaves and what is expected and the standards and, and, and the way things are done. Uh, she has certainly redefined that. She changed the royal family in many ways uh, for the better, uh, people over here would say. 
Um, and she's seen 15 prime ministers, for argument's sake, mm. during her time, including Winston Churchill. And if it only last Tuesday, this week, uh, she uh, welcomed our new prime minister, Liz Truss, who we've forgotten about for now because that only happened on Tuesday yeah. this week, still working at 96 years of age. So, codename London Bridge, when the Queen passed away yesterday, that was really, you know, that's what kind of everybody talks about, that London Bridge is down. Operation London Bridge then therefore kicks in. What can you tell us what will be coming in the days ahead? It's still early, uh, so at the moment, to, to understand it. I think it has caught a lot of people on the hop, I think, over here. I said no, no funeral plans as yet. They'll get announced. Some things will be announced this afternoon. There's a meeting this afternoon. Um, uh, King Charles. People wanted to call him Prince Charles, but King Charles III is going to make a, a statement to the nation this afternoon, so we may learn some more from that. But as of yet, very little, just a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, a lot of people paying their respects. It's interesting, you made the comparison and uh, mentioned a funeral of this size, not seen since Winston Churchill, so we're going back to 1965, in fact. Uh, I would expect that you would see more than just residents you know, uh, coming to London for something like this. Uh, the hospitality industry's got to be ramping up because I, I bet rooms, and it's going to be flooded, isn't it? Yeah, I think the capital city will be will be blocked out everywhere and and all the areas around it. Um, <clears throat> there's a great deal of affection for the lady, and people will be travelling, as you say, from uh, outside the UK to travel into the UK, from right across the Commonwealth, and people who, who, who want to show their respect for, for the the work she's done and the time she, she had on the phone in the previous 70 years. Yeah, I suspect the pomp and circumstance for a, a funeral for the Queen, which will be held, we know, at Westminster Abbey on D-Day plus 10, so 10 days from yesterday. I, I imagine yeah. it will be quite something to behold, something we've likely never seen before. I think so, Sue. The likes that you and I have never seen before, um, and that, that, that probably never happened before. There are so many fantastic um, coaches and, and, and sets of horses and things that we will see um, rolling out through London uh, to Westminster Abbey, and there will be, no doubt, many, many millions of people mm-hmm. lying in the streets to watch it as it passes. You did mention, and I want to go back to it, I heard the words yesterday of uh, Prime Minister Liz Truss how super surreal for, for somebody like this new prime minister who last week was sworn in by the queen. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that interaction and about what this and how this new PM is dealing with such a huge event? But it, it's uh, it's a big t- uh, shock to Liz Truss as well, Andy. I said it was Tuesday this week uh, that she was you know, made formally made prime minister, uh, probably one of the last people that, that the Queen Elizabeth met uh, before, she, before she passed away. And so it's a, it's a big real big shock welcoming for Liz Trust who, who's been speaking in UK Parliament today. Um, amongst other things, we've got a, a big cost of living crisis over here, which is which is kicking in, which she's, she's got to get a handle on. And yesterday was her first big speech in Parliament, and she was talking about the kind of measures she wants to bring in to help in the cost of living crisis, just as they were told that the Queen was ill <clears throat> prior to, to the announcement of her, of her death. So it's been a, a, re- a real big welcome for yeah. her. Well, Kenny, we're sorry for your loss and, frankly, a loss for the world. Thank you for joining us this morning and, and talking about it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Kenny James, UK broadcaster, business owner, friend of Mornings with Sue and Andy. He's always up and ready for a chat with us to talk about, you know, just kind of the state of affairs in the UK and how people are feeling about certain issues. And obviously it's it's even harder for them there with the loss of the Queen yesterday. And you, to, to reiterate, uh, from the beginning of the program, we had him booked. We did mm-hmm. The Queen was... 
perhaps having some health issues, but there's so much going on in the UK. What luck and what an opportunity to speak with our, with, with with Kenny James. But I wanted to also talk about the, the fact that we have never, and it's interesting because you'd have to, even if you're part of the royal team, so to speak, be going through notes and protocols because it has been so long that an event like this has had to be put on. Fortunately, it's been so long. Very true. Um, and it will be the same as it has been in previous incarnations of, of monarchs. After a 70-year reign, Queen Elizabeth passing away yesterday at the age of 96. Joining us to talk about the Queen's legacy, impact, and future of the monarchy, we're joined this morning by jo- Josh Trapto from the Monarchist League of Canada. Hi, Josh. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Sue. How old did you feel yesterday when you heard the news? Uh, obviously, I felt a great deal of sadness, uh, even though she was 96 years old. And uh, when you live a life that long, uh, you know what is going to come. But uh, for many, many Canadians, or even the world, it's the only queen we've ever known. And so it really is the end of an era. Let's talk about the legacy of this incredible woman, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. How, how will she be remembered, jo- uh, Josh? How do you figure? I think she'll be remembered with great fondness. Uh, you know, she held, she did this role uh, with grace and honor and duty for 70 years. When she was born, she was never intended to become queen. And by circumstances, she she ended up becoming queen at a very young age after the untimely death of her father. And she took on that role and, and really gave it uh, gave it her all. And, and that's why she was working, you know, really up until the day she passed away when she swore in her 15th prime minister. Can you talk a little bit about Queen Elizabeth's relationship with not necessarily Alberta, but even Calgary specifically? Yeah, she visited Calgary five times, four times as queen and one time as, as princess. She first visited Calgary in 1951 uh, and they did a, a special uh, stampede program on October 18th. It was a blistery cold day, and there's those amazing photographs of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh in a cowboy hat and the Queen in her fur coat tucked in uh, in some blankets in the infield uh, watching uh, the rodeo and the stampede. And then, you know, on, on subsequent visits, they attended the truck wagon races and opened uh, what is now called Elbow River Camp. And obviously they're close... Their love of horses and animals uh, also brought them to Spruce Meadows. The Queen was the Colonel-in-Chief of two Calgary regiments, the King's Own Calgary Regiment and the Calgary Highlanders. Uh, she presented new colours to the Calgary Highlanders in, in 1990, and then her last visit to Calgary was in 2005 as part of the Alberta Centennial Celebrations. And there was a special celebration concert held at the Saddle Dome, uh, which I attended, uh, and uh, have fond memories of, of seeing the Queen uh, and inspecting the Honour Guard and, and knowing that she made, I think, 23 visits to Canada we were the most visited nation uh, in the Commonwealth. And she always said, you know, how much she loved being back in Canada. And Canada felt very much like a second home. Josh, uh, looking ahead to the funeral, uh, this is going to be a funeral like we have never seen in our lifetimes. I'm sure there were a few standouts who may have seen a funeral like this. We're hearing Winston Churchill. We have about 30 seconds. Can you give us an idea of just how big of a deal the funeral will be? I mean, every every prime minister, uh, every former prime minister, every you know king, queen uh, will be there. Uh, this will be the biggest state funeral that we likely 
will ever see uh, or have seen. You know, it will rival the likes of of Churchill and and other famous leaders. But uh, you know, it will be an opportunity to pay tribute uh, and remember a woman who gave her entire life to service. We will likely check in with you closer to that date. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Josh. Thanks for having me. Josh Trapto is with the Monarchist League of Canada. You can go online, monarchist.ca. Calgary and Alberta's film and television industry is booming, and Mayor Gondek is in Tinseltown right now to sell our city to Hollywood. We'll get there in a second. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Before we get to your official duties and what has you have has you in uh, uh, California right now, let's talk about the Queen's death, the death of Queen Elizabeth II being felt around the world. Can we get your thoughts on the passing of this iconic figure? You know, it's um, it's an interesting position to be in as the mayor when something like this happens. There are many protocols that need to be followed by our jurisdiction, and there are um, many responsibilities that we have as members of council. Uh, there will be a memorial service of some sort. We're just sorting that out. Um, we will be wearing ribbons or armbands for the 10-day mourning period. Um, so there's a lot of official things that are involved during this type of a mourning period. But from a personal level, I, I guess I would have to say that we can see people are torn about the death of the Queen. There are many people making remarks about, you know, it's more important to be focused on the deaths that have happened so tragically in Saskatchewan. Uh, there's people that are saying the monarchy is outdated. So if I could, for just one moment, say that the Queen did, in fact, recognize that what happened in Saskatchewan is absolutely tragic. I think she had tried to come to terms with her role in colonialism. I think she was a woman that was deeply conflicted with decisions she had to make at the particular time she was in. And what I will say is she was an individual that was hurled into a position that she didn't ask for, she didn't expect, and she did her best to represent what she needed to. Um, It was a time where she was not well supported by the others that should have been there for her. And I think she did the best she could in a time where the world was changing so rapidly. Very good points for sure. Thank you for for bringing that all to our attention for sure. And, and the fact that five royal tours of Alberta and then what some 20 times that she was visiting here in Canada as a whole. Will we, you know, you talked about the different protocols and that sort of thing that are in place. Will we have some some books of um, condolences, I guess, where will people have a chance to, to write or, or share their feelings, do you know, at this point? Yes, I do know that our Office of Protocol has put together um, many different um, memorial uh, type of things, and that will all be posted onto the website for the city. Again, because this just happened, we're sorting through exactly what we're going to do, but people can stay updated by going to the City of Calgary website. Perfect. Mayor, uh, let's talk about uh, Los Angeles or California for the most part. You're not there for Disneyland or for the beaches. <laughs> you're there on official business. Tell us what you're doing. Uh, you know what? It's um, It's been a bit of a whirlwind. We've done six meetings with studios and streamers. There was an event at the Consul General's house. Um, if people are not aware, the Consul General is actually Zabe Sheikh, who was an actor um, on Little Mosque on the Prairie. So his perspective into not only the film and TV industry, 
but being an actor from, you know, a typically non-represented population has been significant. So we delivered a very clear message that if Hollywood is interested in um, inclusion, accessibility, diversity, and really wants to do this right, Calgary is the place to be. We're the third most diverse city in the country. We have a lot of talented individuals who could both be in front of the camera and behind. And we have made a very firm commitment to being an inclusive city. So that was one of the messages. Um, the other one has a lot to do with sustainability. They were interested in hearing from us what kind of space we have to offer, what the infrastructure looks like. And when we talked about having adaptive reuse in some of our manufacturing facilities, converting them into studios, um, as well as having more purpose-built space, they were surprised. They were incredibly impressed to hear what types of crews and equipment we had. And they were very interested to hear from our farming and ranching families who came down with us that their goal is land conservation. And land conservation is possible through the film industry investing in our province. We have half a billion dollars worth of investment right now. And that could increase if we continue to send the message that we've got the infrastructure, the people, and the desire to get this right. Love it. And I think it's so key to, uh, you know, our our film industry. We get excited when we hear a movie is filming, right? That That's where sort of we general people will get pumped about it. But the things that go on in the background and the money that's brought into this city and this province, it, it's pretty impressive. It is. And Sue, if I may, I will just say that the spirit of collaboration that our city and our province um, present to this industry is huge. If you look at CL Ranches and John Scott and Albertina Farms, those are three prime locations. The three of them all work together. They don't compete. They know that we are in a critical position where if we want to grow, we have to get along and and work together. Um, Shows like Hell on Wheels used all three locations. And then don't forget that we have, you know, three um, major spaces inside our city. We've got Rocky Mountain, we've got Whites, and we've got the Film Center. All of them also openly um, talk about the other person's space because we realize that we have to get this right. And the spirit of collaboration is what's going to get us there right now. Good stuff. Looking forward to it. It sounds like a bright future ahead when it comes to that industry. Thanks so much, Mayor. Absolutely. It's been good. We've already got two prospects that have followed up with phone calls. So awesome. hopefully we will have some good news to come. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah. <laughs> come on back. Go get them. Thanks so much. Thank it you. is uh, Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondak, our weekly conversation with the mayor. It's the beginning of September. Back to work, kids back to school, and new tech, specifically Apple. So to unpack, that's what the kids, that's where they say it, Sue. Do they? Unpack the announcements made this week by Apple. We're joined by the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys watch, Did you follow the announcements? Did you guys see it? What, what are your thoughts? I only I didn't really follow as closely as you probably did, but I just saw some some bits about the new watch and some heard some tidbits. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, there's 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 tidbits. I have FOMO. for sure. Nothing nothing breakthrough, but tidbits. Okay, let's talk about the iPhone 14. I think that's what most people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? Small jumps. Four models to choose from. So you have your base models. You have the iPhone 14. You have the iPhone 14 Plus. So uh, slight improvements with the screen. Of course, improvements with the cameras. Things we see every year. Improvements with the battery. 
processor. Uh, if you have last year's Pro model, it's actually the exact same processor as last year. Uh, but where we start to see some other things that are a little bit more intuitive and, and interesting is when we go to the Pro model and the Pro Max model. Once again, all those same things, improved camera, screen, all that, uh, but a few other things. So that notch that's on the top screen of your phone. I think any iPhone user can relate to that. You know, you know what I'm talking about, that black cutouts where the camera is? To me, I had to look up. Like, there are people are d- describing it as, as such a, a pain, that notch. And I said, what is this notch? It doesn't it's bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It bothers some people. But what Apple's done now is actually what Samsung has done. They've made a pinhole camera. So now your camera lens is actually in the screen. And it's just a small uh, pill-sized shape now instead of that larger mm. notch. But what's interesting is Apple has done something pretty creative. They're calling it Dynamic Island, which of course is all marketing, but interesting what they're calling it. So that little pinhole can actually expand to create a small notification screen. So really the screen is just turning black and making it look like that hole is getting bigger. But what's interesting is that's now going to be your notifications. So things like, uh, you know, texts coming in, calls coming in, they're all going to show up and that little pinhole is going to expand and say, look, Andrew Schultz is calling you. Or so it's kind of interesting what they're doing with that. So all your notifications are going to be up there. But I think what the coolest thing about whether it's the iPhone 14 or the larger Max, the Pro Max, is satellite communications. Oh. So we talked about this last year. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. This is the big rumor that your phone will be oh, able to yeah. communicate with satellites. This is now happening, and that's why they called it the far out event. What it's going to mean is that you can actually point your iPhone to the sky. You can literally link with the satellite. So if you have zero cell phone communication, say you're out in the mountains hiking, you can still send a message if you need help. I think that's going to be huge for us here. And I don't know, like, you know, in the middle of Toronto, if that's going to be necessary. Yeah. But for us out here, I think that's pretty cool. Before we let you go, got to touch on that Apple Watch 8 because it, it looks and sounds pretty neat. I need to know. And it's the big one, too. There's yeah. a big one. Yeah, you know what? It is a pretty cool. There's uh, once again some subtle, you know, new features. Uh, there is a temperature sensor that can sense if you're getting a fever, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, there's a crash detection, just like in the new phones. If you were in an accident, uh, it can automatically reach out to emergency services. But the new Ultra model, I think, is the one that Albertans are going to like. Uh, if you are an Apple Watch uh, lover, uh, you know what? It's now more durable. Uh, they're building it now so you can go under, you know, diving with it. Uh, you can take it up in the mountains. It's much more durable, scratch resistant. In fact, they actually have special bands if you want to go out in the Alpine. Uh, it's going to be, it's not going to fall off your wrist. So a uh, little bit pricey, but certainly uh, that's got a little bit of a wow factor there. Just, it, it's going to be expensive too, isn't it? How much? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you're looking at closer to the thousand dollar for the ultra model. Of course, the the eight is going to be significantly cheaper. Okay. Uh, but you're paying a premium if you want to get you know out there and get rough and rugged. Yeah. Twenty second question here because we have to wrap up, Mike. But I've been a Fitbit guy and a Garmin guy, not resisting the Apple, but I always thought it was just so much more pricey than the others. Is yeah. it worth the money yeah. for an average user who wants to count steps and get some kind of an idea of their heart rate and such? It, Honestly, if you're just counting steps and that's really all it is, and it's a competition who can get the most steps, no, not worth it. Okay. But if you're using exercise equipment at the gym, you want to pair it up with your with your Apple Watch and, and log all that stuff, then I would say, yes, it's time to graduate to an Apple Watch. And if you want to look cool and fit in with the cool kids. There you go. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks for the update. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Mike Yanni is the Gadget Guy. You can find him on Twitter at Gadget underscore Guy, on Insta at Gadget Guy Mike. He's also got a YouTube channel where he posts tons of great videos, no doubt, on some of those new Apple products as well.